Blog Talk Radio. Here on July 10th, 2019, we got Dean DaCosta here today. He's going to talk, talk, talk. And I should, you know, get rid of my intro just to give him more time. But I got to make a point. I had another run-in this week with a, another social justice warrior on Twitter. And you're saying, well, what does that have to do with recruiting? Well, you know what? When I see this stuff from recruiters and talent uh, uh, professionals, I wonder, you know, do they think like this on the job? If they think like this, how can they work? How can they do a good job? Okay. Apparently studies show that people are are more biased about political issues uh, than they are uh, on the job. They're not as silly at their work. Anyway, here's the, the fight I had this week. It wasn't a real fight, not like last week. Anyway, this week a woman insisted that women's soccer players get paid less money and women's soccer is covered less on TV because of misogyny. That's the only reason women hating, right? Misogyny. That's what that means, okay, you guys, in case you don't know. Anyway, so I told her, I said, look, it's the size of the market that determines the money available, you know. Uh, she seems to think that male sports fans, men, are the prime, prime market for women's soccer and that they're not interested just because of pure bias. So I tried to tell her, you know, women can drive a market. Someone's making Khloe Kardashian a lot of money, and I don't think it's the guys who like to watch golf, okay? I said, women are the natural market for women's soccer. Oh, no, no. She sends me a link to an article by an economics professor, an old guy. He's been around. It was on Forbes. And he complains that women's soccer players work just as much as male soccer players. You know, they, they play hard. They play just as many games, but they're making a lot less money. I said to myself, this guy's a professor? What about the market? What about the market for these games? Okay. Anyway, there's one plus. <laughs> the market's not as big, you dummy. She didn't block me, right? And you're not going to block me either on Jerry Jerry. Show is this? The recruiting animal. Thank you, Jerry. That is Jerry's classic shout. And I'm glad to have it on an MP3 because Jerry's not here. He doesn't like the show anymore. Once in a while he shows up and, you know, then he's only half-hearted. But it's okay. I understand the generations of the fans of this show come and go. Anyway, I'd like to – he'll be back next week. I'd like to thank my sponsors, PC Recruiter, the Swiss Army Knife of recruiting software, Hire Tool, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L, the super duper sourcing tool and hone it h-o-n-e-i-t dot com the phone interview technology the guest today needs no introduction dean DeCosta, but i will introduce him his his twitter address is dean d-e-a-n DeCosta. d-a-c-o-s-t-a dean DeCosta, welcome back to the show 
Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. He asked me to come on, everybody. Just so you know, I'm not a beggar. He asked me. He's got a new book coming out on OSINT. That's Open Source Intelligence. And you know what? I don't know anything about OSINT. The book isn't released. He didn't send me an advance copy. Okay? So I'm operating at a disadvantage here, and it's his fault. I just want you to know before we get going. Okay? Uh, Dean, I got a question before we talk about OSINT. Okay? Have you ever been to Brazil? Have you ever been to Brazil? No. Oh, wouldn't you like to? They speak Portuguese there. Everybody speaks Portuguese. You don't have any urge? Well, first of all, the dialect of Portuguese they speak is not the one I'm familiar with, so it would, would be marginally helpful. Uh, but I would like to go, actually. I, um, I actually uh, hold on. There uh, Portugal is only country. like less than an inch on the map. It's a tiny country. How different can the different regions be in terms of what they speak? Come on. Well, one could argue the difference between the way they talk in Boston and the way they talk in Alabama is different. So now <laughs> no, okay, finish. End. Know, okay, that's the away. end. That's the end of that conversation. Dean wrote a book. What's the title? What's the title? OSINT for the Staffing World. O S I N T for the Staffing World. Again, OSINT yep. means Open Source Intelligence, and that is any. And here's the thing: it's any free legal public information, any free legal public information. How is looking for free legal public information different from regular sourcing? Is that just a a fancy name put on something so you could sell another book? Actually, no. The term OSINT's been around for a long, long time. Can everybody hear Dean? He's a little quiet uh, on on my phone, but you usually people... I don't know. Yeah, I'm... Uh, I just want to ask... Let me ask... Let me ask the... Let me ask the lurkers. Can you hear the guy? Can you hear Dean? Somebody. He has a he has a little uh, faint. Okay, it there's Kathy like far, telling far you. Away. Okay. Yeah, he's very so, far away. I can't hear him very shove well. Shove your put your mouth right on the receiver. Okay. Do I have to teach you how to use a phone? <laughs> Come on, you're I the techie you here, not me. Okay. So what's no. the difference? What's the difference between OSINT? And because uh, we know this is a hot new flavor, OSIN, it's been coming for a while, and regular sourcing. What's the diff? Well, first of all, OSIN's been around a long time. You can trace it back to World War One, um, And the way it's used is totally di- as a norm is totally different than the way it's used for um, staffing sourcing. Not to mention there's a lot of categories of OSINT that we in staffing sourcing don't use. Um, as an example, um, Are you going to get around to the answer? I don't want to know the history. Yeah. I want there, the answer. What's the difference between regular sourcing and OSINT? The difference is in the amount of information that can be gleaned. Okay, elaborate. OSINT is, a mu- OSINT is a much bigger category than what recruiting and sourcing would utilize. As an example, part of OSINT is the ability to use tools to track a ship. Why in the hell would a recruiter need to track a freaking ship? They wouldn't. So that's part of it. There's a whole lot more to OSINT than just going on Facebook or going okay, on LinkedIn. But or I'm wherever. asking about it. Okay, what about OSINT in staffing, just like your book title? How is that different from sourcing in staffing? 
Okay, just regular sourcing and staffing versus OSINT and staffing. Go, don't, it, don't, make me, goes much, don't make me wrestle with deeper. you, okay? I just got to get something straight, Dean. I didn't expect to fight with you on the show. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> uh, OSINT goes deeper. It's real simple. Recruiting and staffing, what we, what most recruiting staffers do is, is, is like the very – it's like a, above the ocean. OSINT goes much below the – much more deeper than that. You'll go – Give an example. OSINT – and an example, example would be, for example, would be being able to go out there and find a data set that can give you all the email addresses for everybody that joined LinkedIn in 2015 or prior. How would you do That's that? Something a normal. You'd have to go into certain tools that recruiters and staffing specialists don't normally use. Like, you'd have to like, like, like Multigo, like Multigo. Oh, okay, I've got I've got a list of all those tools. Okay, Multigo, don't. Don't you have to be have have Linux, especially the Kali version of Linux, to use a lot of these tools? Um, as your no, you can use no, you can use a virtual machine, and it's in the book as well. I explain all this in, in the book. I make it very crystal clear what you need to do to use these tools and to protect yourself as best you can from whatever things that could be out there that could cause you trouble, i.e. viruses, malware, people trying to get access to your machine and stuff. And no, you know, I do it right on a Windows machine. I have a Linux machine, but I can do it right on a Windows machine. All you need uh -huh. is a virtual machine. How much money do you have to spend to get Linux. into OSINT? Seriously, how much money do you have to spend to get into OSINT? Truthfully, I didn't spend any money until I took Michael's training. I decided to take his training just to make sure I wasn't missing anything learning it Nobody knows who Michael is. Who's Michael? Oh, Michael is probably one of the premier um, OSINT. Michael who? Michael Bazell. B-A-Z-Z-E-L-L. -L. -L. Mike Bazell. He's I, got a website. You know, okay. it's funny. I know the guy really well, but I can't pronounce his last name. I've never been able to. At any rate, his, his site's IntelliTechniques.com, and I mentioned that in the book as well. And he is one of the premier people when it comes to privacy, security, OSINT, and all that kind of good stuff. And he's got a very good training program and access to a boatload of tools. And, um, and so I decided to take his course because I wanted to make sure that, you know, everything I knew about OSINT, I learned on my own. I presented a source card on it and all that, but I wanted to make sure there wasn't anything huge I was missing. And he's an investigator. Um, OSINT, as Defined Dean, 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 I love hearing you, but, you know, can you get to the point? Is that but what he's doing? Did you learn anything that you didn't learn on your own? Was, did you learn anything yes. from him that you could use in recruiting? Yes? Yes, yes. And a yes. lot or a little? A lot or a little? Um, probably somewhere in between, to be quite honest. There are certain subjects. Okay, and you're, like, bringing, oh, cool. you're bringing all this broad stuff from OSINT you know, tracking ships and stuff, you're throwing all that out and you're cutting it down to the stuff that is good for people like me and Michael G. Cox and Kathy Manis and Alan well, Fleur, nothing, all the regulars no, no, nothing, on the show. Nothing personal, Animal, but most of what I'm bringing is probably going to be totally new for you, but there are other people written in the no, not. I didn't say it wasn't new for me. I didn't say it wasn't new. I said, but it's useful to regular agency recruiters. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna. Uh, well, you know what? Since you're having problems, you're having problems getting to the point. You're having problems. I'm just gonna read you some tools, and you're gonna talk okay, about them. And if you think it's irrelevant, you can. I'll give you the lead again. Okay, Google Dorks. What's Google Dorks? And I'll spell it for everybody. D O R K S. Okay, so it's 12:11. The show's just starting. What's Google Dorks? 
Um, think of Google Docs as, no, as another version of Boolean. That's basically all it really is. It's just little uh, little words and operators that can allow you to do some things in Google that normally you can't do. That's all. Is it important? Everybody talks about it when they're talking about OSINT. Is it important? In my opinion, no. Oh, really? I have, what do you know? I, I have hardly ever used it. Okay. What about Pipple? It's been around a long time. Everybody talks about it again on the OSINT uh, info, P-I-P-L.com. Is that important? Yeah, I'm uh, – well, it was very important. Now it's a little less important. Uh, it was very important because they had a free component that was really, really good. It's less important because now everything's paid for and they're very, very expensive. Why so expensive? Because they can. Okay. It's what cost? How much is, is it? How much company. is it? There's, What's there's, very expensive? I, How much? Well, if last time I checked, a single license was something like fifteen hundred a month. What? No way! And, yeah. And, okay. Exactly. Just, that's more than LinkedIn. Okay, for everybody who it, it just it collects all all the social media information about a person in one place, right? To a, that's what it's supposed to do. It doesn't obviously do it for everybody. There are people it doesn't do it for. Um, but uh-huh. that's what it's supposed to do. I found it. I'm sorry. What tool is it? P I P L. Talking about P I P L. You didn't yeah. know about it, oh. uh, Michael G. Cox. Shame on you. Oh, oh I wow. didn't know about it. I'm actually surprised. Okay, okay. What about uh, Geo Creepy? Is that useful? Geo Creepy. Oh yes, it's very useful actually. A friend of mine made three hires using that tool. So uh, tell us how. Tell us the story. Oh. My pleasure. So my friend was looking to hire three particular testers uh, from a company. He needed three of them. There was five in the group, and he couldn't get them to contact him back. Nothing he did. Email, phone, did work. And I said, okay, great. Let's do this. Let's find. I know they're on Twitter and Facebook and everything. Let's get the Twitter handle and their uh, Instagram stuff, and let's start figuring out their patterns. Where are they going? What are they doing? And so we stuck it into Creepy. And Creepy uses geotags to show you where people are tweeting the most and everything like that. So once we put them all in and we looked at it, the place where they tweeted the most, we, you know, you can hover over and it'll actually give you an address. That was their homes. Piece of cake. The second place they tweeted the most was their work. Then we noticed that they all tweet between five and eight on Thursdays. And we were like, okay, where is it? And it ended up being a bar. So I said, take a fishbowl with some cards, get some kind of a gift, something, go into the bar. You know what they look like from their LinkedIn pages and Facebook pages. Find them and say, hey, you're doing a drawing for this, and just strike up a conversation and see where it goes. And and, and it went very well to where he hired three of the five about Okay, hold players. on. How did that – so you used GeoCreepy, G-E-O-C-R-E-E-P-Y for that? Is that – you did – you used yes. GeoCreepy for how did you and how did you yes. do it? You put their names into GeoCreepy? No, no, no. I put their Twitter and Instagram handles into Creepy. And and it and showed it you ahead. information about where, where they're posting from and what it, time it they post. It came up with a map. Yeah, it came up with a map with all their posts and what time they post. Post and you know simple logic. You know, I just looked at the ones where they posted the most first, and the, first, uh-huh. the most posted was their homes. The next posted uh-huh. was their work, and the next was that Thursday between five and eight. I was looking for commonality. Where are they all posting the same? To try uh-huh. to get an idea if there's anything they do there. And I only did it because I remember back in the day, long, long time ago, where we used to do geo-based recruiting. We'd say, hey, all the recruiters, all the crews, all the developers at Microsoft go to this bar every Thursday to have a beer. And we used to go there and recruit. 
So I said, okay. no, this is a great way to I've got a question for you. And no, no, let me interrupt before sure. I forget. Okay, so he recruited these people. He obviously had positions that were of interest to them. How come how yeah. come he couldn't how come he couldn't lure them to speak to him, you know, through more normal means? They just, well, why couldn't they he get through to them because he what? They didn't reply to his emails. They wouldn't reply to his calls. They just didn't. They were very happy where they were. He had to go. Yeah, but was he work. doing he something wrong as a regular recruiter that he had to go to Geo Creepy? I mean, he had no, a, he had something. Sometimes, he had something good. Sometimes, sometimes people just don't aren't. Into, I mean, I get forty to a hundred calls or emails a week, and I don't answer ninety percent of them. Because I'm uh-huh. not interested. I'm not, and I just, I'm like, you know what? When I'm ready, I'll let you know. Until then, leave me the heck alone. I'm just not. The only time I answer one is when somebody's sitting there asking me something ridiculously stupid, and then I'm only okay. answering it to make to make them realize. So let's say, let's say the candidate is uh, target candidates are not guys, they're women, and and this guy recruiter shows up in a bar and said, "I tracked you here." Are they going to call the cops on him? Well, first of all, he didn't say, I tracked you here. He went in there with a fishbowl, getting business cards, saying he was giving out, I forget what he was giving out at the time, a, you know, a, a gift or something like that. And he just struck up a conversation. And that and that conversation was his open, open the door. And then once the door was open, they started talking about, well, by the way, hey, what do you do for a living? What do you do for a living? And it just, he was naturally able to steer the conversation to where he wanted it to go. That's okay, next did. tool. Next tool. Does does anybody okay. have a question about this? Anybody got a question now? Yeah, about Geo Creepy. Is, is can I move on to the next one? Any questions? Sure. Move on to the next oh, one. Oh, oh. Okay. What about Spiderfoot? Spiderfoot. Oh, Spider Spiderfoot is an exceptionally good tool that uh, allows you to find information on people based on different uh, pieces of data. Example: an email, a name, a phone number. Um, so I can put it as an example, I can put it in my phone number into it and it will sit there and say, okay, this phone number is this guy, boom, boom, boom. Here's where it's located. Here are email addresses associated with that phone number. Here's, um, repositories connected, whatever information it can find on you. How does now, it connect an email? How does it connect an email address to the phone number? Are these mobile phones go, you're talking go, about? It, it could be. It, did. it worked with my mobile phone. It goes out and searches the web. It basically goes out and searches all of the open intelligence available on the web and looks for the phone number and looks for information associated to the phone number and brings it all back to you in one place. Uh-huh. It does okay. what would take me probably three days to do. It does in a few you're minutes. Ki- you're kidding. And no. is Spiderfoot free? There is a free, a free version and a paid version. Uh-huh. Okay. The free version okay. will only do you the free version will do you uh emails. The paid version you get three the paid version gives you three for free, so you can do any of them, but you only get three a month for free, so if you're doing a lot of searching you're gonna have to pay for it. But it's actually pretty reasonably priced. Uh-huh. That pitbull blew me away. What about okay, I'm gonna uh, I think we're making progress now. What about show Dan? <laughs> S H O D A N, Shodan the Flying Monster. It sounds like to me. It sounds like a Japanese okay. uh, monster. Well, that's Rodan. That was Rodan, but okay. Uh, Shodan is a site where it basically lets you find um, devices on the web that might be open, meaning they might be available to where, if you figure out their IP address, you might be able to look at what they're doing or even take control. Um, you, you Nobody understands what you're talking about. I don't understand. Well, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. It. I'm about to explain it. So about 
three or four years ago at SourceCon, we had a hacker up on stage talking, and they actually were able to use Shodan and some other tools to hack into the camera of one of the computers of somebody sitting in the audience. Shodan lets you see any device that has that that's on the web or on the net or being utilizing Wi-Fi that has a vulnerability, a way to get in. Uh-huh. So That's how do, how how would how would uh, Michael G. Cox use that? He he recruits salespeople. I have no idea if Michael G. Cox would know how to use that. Uh, that's a much higher I'm saying, level. How would he? Don't fight with me. You think I didn't know it wasn't Rodan? Damn, I said son. it sounds like a Japanese monster. I didn't say it was Rodan, okay? I didn't make that mistake, and I'm not making a mistake now. If Michael G. Cox, you know, uh, wants to recruit salespeople, how's he going to use Shodan? I don't think he's going to use it. It sounds a little too exotic. No. Shodan is not a tool that I would recommend most recruiters using. Shodan, I talk, you got to remember, sometimes you have to, it's not just about mentioning tools that they can use, but it's about letting them know what's out there so they know perhaps maybe what not to get involved with. Shodan's not a tool I would recommend most recruiting and sourcing use. Okay. It was just the a next tool one, I thought uh, was what about, is, isn't, isn't Maltego, uh, M A L, like, uh, like Malt, M A L T? E-G-O, like malt ego, isn't that, isn't that also then a little uh, exotic uh, for the average person, or what does it do? No. It's act, Multigo can basically do what Spiderfoot does, but a whole lot more. Um, as an example, you can search on groups of people. You can search on a name. You can search on a phone number. You can search on an email. You can search on a Facebook page. You can, as long as you have one piece of verifiable or viable data, Multigo can go out and find you information on almost anybody. Um, you know, and it doesn't even have to be information that's current. My brother owned a company and he wiped the web so he thought of everything to do with it. This was back in the seventies. Well I could still find it with Multigo because it does similar to what Spiderfoot does, but it does it on a much bigger scale and has much more different types of data it can pull. And it's free. Well there's a free component to it. There's a paid of course there always is. And it's not that hard to use to be quite honest with you. It's actually very so hold on. These are this is like a, 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 an aggregator. It brings a lot of information. You, all you need is one toe, and it shows you the rest of the foot. Am, am I? Uh, I, I? I would argue it's it's an aggregator on super steroids. Okay, but the, what it does is it, you you put in your brother's phone number or his name or his Twitter address, and it brings in everything about him. Uh, that it can find online. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it, it, it does that, but it does a whole lot more. It just does a whole lot more. Because first of all, you, you put in my brother's name, Bruce DaCosta. There's going to be several Bruce DaCostas. Once you get that information, one's going to be a Twitter page, Facebook, whatever, you can connect the information you know is accurate and rerun it and get even more information that's specific to him. Think about it this way. If you watch any of these crime shows, ICS and all that, and you have these boards with pictures and names and strings going from one to another, trying to figure out where they intersect, Multigo does it all for you and finds all the intersections for you. Wow. Okay. I got a feeling we're on the yeah, right track. OSINT tools were designed to, for investigation and uh-huh. designed for intelligence gathering by the government way back in the day. Yeah. So you got to uh-huh. remember, when you, you think about them, you got to think about them in the concept of being a detective and how would somebody who's trying to investigate somebody use them. That's what OSINT tools were originally designed for. Okay. Your book – now, does it just go like we're doing right, which I'm enjoying very much now. Does it just go from tool to tool to tool, or does it give a no. strategy? How does, how's your book organized? 
Okay, so first of all, it does have a table of contents, and that and that and, and anybody who, who likes that, unlike my last book, you can thank uh, Animal because it was he was the one that was always saying you should have a table of contents. So I said, okay, fine, I'll have one this time. But anyway, I no, it, I make this as dummy proof as humanly possible. I explain what the web is, the different layers of the web, the tools you need to stay safe on the web. I explain the different types of intelligence that's out there. And then I go into the big stuff with this OSINT, Sockman, and Humans. I explain them. I mention tools all along the way that fit into every category. Well, how's human, that's human information. How's human different from – that's just going somewhere and snooping on a person like a spy, no, right? No, actually, that, that's actually not that, – that, that, human, human intelligence is actually when, you, if, when you're talking to people trying to gain information from it. It's intelligence gathered from human sources, which means yeah, talking to which for us in recruiting means interviewing. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. So, and but that's it, how it okay. correlates. It sounds like we don't want to know what humint is. We want to know what this OSINT is. I'm going to do an ad first. Okay. What's the name of your okay. book? OSINT and staffing. OSINT for the staffing world. When's it coming out? Uh, August fifth. And it's going to be on Amazon. How much? Twelve ninety nine. Oh, great price! Great price! Thank you for making it. Uh, not fifteen hundred dollars a month. Okay. No, I, I, <laughs> now, I don't. I don't believe in that. <laughs> okay. I got it. Now here's a recruiting animal for PC Recruiter, our old friends, right? And I've been quoting this guy. You know what? I'm going to quote him again because you have to. I think you have to mention things six times or a hundred times before it, it starts sinking into somebody. Okay. So Nick Mazur, M-A-Z-U-R, M-A-Z-U-R for Americans. Anyway, he uses PC Recruiter. And this is what he says about it. We use PC Recruiter, and we love it. We love it. I have demoed a ton of systems, and they have, meaning PC Recruiter, the most robust set of features. And Michael G. Cox knows that's because they're configurable, right? Other products Correct. do one or two things better. But overall, I think PC Recruiter has the most features. We do multiple industries. I work in multiple industries, Mike, uh, Nick says, and I work on four different types of searches, and PC Recruiter is very versatile. If you're a recruiter, you're going to love PC Recruiter. So check them out, please, at pcrecruiter.net. I'm going to go right into my uh, Honit ad, honit.com. Hey, it's phone interview technology. I'll be done in a second. Stick with us. It records your interviews and turns the key questions and answers into separate audio clips to help hiring managers hear the motivation. That's human, human inter interviewing <laughs> intelligence. The motivation, the personality, and the enthusiasm the recruiter just heard. When you can share a story with a hiring manager in the candidate's own human voice, it delivers a ton of info you can't get from a, a resume, okay? So if you want to get a hiring manager excited about a great candidate, share some of the sizzle with Honit, IT.com. H-O-N-E, I spelled it wrong, H-O-N-E-I-T.com, okay? It turns everything into a searchable transcript as well. Back to the great Dean DaCosta. Honit is a version of Humint, isn't it, then? You, you're talking to somebody, you record it, and you pass it on to somebody else. Is that right? Would you agree with me yeah. about that? Okay. Yeah, it is. Okay. So um, what about The Harvester? The Harvester, a tool for getting email and domain-related information. Are you familiar with that one? 
Yes, I am. Uh, very, <laughs> yeah, I actually have used it. Uh, Harvested is basically a, a, a like uh, Spiderfoot, except that unlike Spiderfoot, which is a one-person-at-a-time type of way of finding con- information, Harvester allows you to do it a little bit more in bulk, and meaning I could put a domain. I could put Microsoft.com as my domain, and it will go out there and search and find email addresses associated with the name and bring it all back and do all that kind of stuff. So it would be a way of targeting a company. Um, let's say I want a job developer. Amazon, in where I live in Seattle, Amazon has the highest population. 90% of the developers are all Java people. So I would target Amazon, start using Harvester to collect all the emails I can, and then cross-reference the emails to find more information until I get a nice big now, list. Where is that? Is it at the, theharvester.com? Where do, we, where do you find Harvester? Uh, I, I, I think it actually is theharvester.com, but don't quote me on that. I would need to okay. actually look myself. Just, just We want to give some people – I'm going to buy your book, 15 bucks. It's probably $20 Canadian, but it sounds like oh, a, a treasure trove of uh, – Oh, okay, uh, you know it'll be more than thirteen. Well, there are, there, there's a reason. There's a reason to buy the book because I, in the back of the book, I give several gifts. Uh, one of my gifts is my list of my super set of tools. These are the must-have. If I can, if you say, Dean, give me a list of the only tools you want. This is my list. Uh-huh. And it covers all the different categories of within the staffing world. And then I give you access to a start.me page with nothing but OSINT tools on it. Uh huh. Okay. But you won't okay. get it if you don't buy the book. Okay. No, 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 the book's a good deal. I think if anybody, if a recruiter doesn't buy this book for $15, they're stupid. Okay. And we know there's a lot of stupid recruiters. You hear it all the time online. Okay. So uh, I'm one of them, but I am going to buy it. I am going to buy it. You know, I, I resolved a, a few years ago, I'm going to buy everybody's books. Why not? They, they, you know, they're giving this information away for usually not that much money. Okay. And, and you, i got to say you're very generous with What was the name of the book this. again? Go ahead. Dean DeCosta. Just go and put in Dean DeCosta, but tell him the name of the book again. It's OSINT for the Staffing World. Thank you. O-S-I-N-T, OSINT. Yep. Open yep. Source Intelligent. Okay, here's one I don't understand the useful of. Meta Goofil. M-E-T-A-G-O-O-F, like goof, and I-L. Meta Goofil gathers metadata of public documents. What's, is that for us? Um, it can be because the metadata that's that's available to you can be quite interesting. As an example, when we mentioned creepy, what it was doing is saying, "Here's the guy person who tweeted. Here's the tweet. They looked in the metadata for the geotag for where it was done, and that's how they figured it. That's how they started." Okay, tell everybody what meta. Tell everybody what metadata is, or should we move on? No, we can we can do this. Metadata is the data that's behind the post, the picture, whatever. It's the data that will tell you uh, who did it, when it was updated, any geotag information. It's just hidden data that needs to be there for the internet to un- to be able to search and find it sometimes, or for people to be able to gain information about. It. You've seen on these shows where they say, "Well, you see this? The picture was taken at this time and this place." Well, it's not on the picture. It's in the metadata. The metadata will tell mm-hmm. you when the picture was taken and all that so okay. that's what the metadata is and it can it can come in really handy as a norm i wouldn't expect recruiters to, to play with metadata more than maybe one percent of their lives okay if somebody hold on if somebody's at SourceCon and they take a picture with you and they post uh you know they post uh joe blow and dean DeCosta, that is the metadata that that's that's sitting on that's the name of their file and that's behind the picture so you that'll come up in a search then right 
the metadata sits behind. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. Simplified. Okay. Uh, now I, I've got I've got more like uh, like uh, checkusernames.com. Is that a good one to talk about now? Checkusernames.com. Sure. Ch yeah. Check username actually comes in extremely handy, and let me tell you why. So human beings are creatures of habit. So, like in my case, one of my usernames is Pro43. I use that a lot. There are a lot of sites I'm on where that is my username. Well, if you know, oh, wow, LinkedIn, their username is Pro43, Facebook Pro43, where else are they? You can just put that Pro43 in name check, and it will tell you all the other sites where that username is being used. And while it's not 100% it's still me, you, you'll knowing where they are, you can check each one, and the odds are most of them are going to be me. Um, in my case, Pro 43, there's only one other person that, I, that I've been able to find that uses it, and they've only used it once. So that's how you can find more information about a person with nothing but their username. Give us an example, and, okay? Where would you get your how – would, how would I know in the first place that you're Pro 43? I mean, I, would, I wouldn't have that information. If you're on my Facebook page and you look in the URL, my username is right there in the URL. Okay, so you you got to be a detective your, to get your, these nicknames. All first these of all, tools right? require all these tools require you to be a bit of a detective. Okay. But if you can I have a question? Can I? But but just stop. Yeah. Just can, stop for a minute. If you think about it, that's what recruiting sourcing. Forget recruiting. Sourcing and researching is being a detective. Oh, I found this person on LinkedIn, but there's no email address. Let me try to find email. Let me go to the Facebook page. Not there. Let me go to Twitter. That's being a detective. You're following the breadcrumbs to get all the information you need. So, shouldn't be a big deal. Question. Okay, can I have a question? Yeah. Sure. Question. Thank you so much. Uh, good morning, sir. My name is Pastor Don Jr., CEO. Uh, I have 300 winning team members, and I want you to help me because all this information and wisdom is super amazing. My question is, when recruiting, because we are on an on-demand society, normally you had to be at one place at one time, but you can go through 100 applications at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. How does that play into effect on the grand scheme of bringing a better return on your investment as far as the hours are you when you're recruiting? Okay. If I understood your, your question, you're trying you're asking me how can any of these tools help me do whatever it is I'm doing in a better way or quicker way or whatever the case may be, the ROI, which is always coming down to dollars and cents when it comes right down to it. So I'm going to give you an example. Well, I work with uh, a lot of people remotely, and I don't have them physically on site, but they're doing jobs and they're turning in time slips, and I'm still paying. And then the people that I hire, I don't do a lot of video chatting. Most of the uh, speaking is via text and email, but – my my biggest question is some people on different time zones. If I'm talking to somebody in Japan, it's, they're like 12 hours ahead of me, so it's like a brand new day. So I'm saying that that's why I was asking because with the time that they're actually doing the recruiting, it's going to affect how it comes back to you. That's, that's I want to make sure you ask the question properly. I'm still not sure I understand the question. I don't either. Are you you're you're operating in different parts of the world, uh, and and is that is that what you're is saying? You're a, operating. Is okay. Is it a communication question? How you communicate with them? Is it a how do you get the most bang for your buck question? I, I'm not sure I follow. It, it, it more more uh, because on the recruiting is bringing them into the fold. It, it's it's hard for people to work three to twelve hours a day when you're not actually physically on location with the person they're working for. So it's a, a honor system here. 
But at the same time, with all the tools and gems that you was dropping, those are great for for if a person is like actually going to a forty hour job and they're clocking in. But when people okay, are doing okay, like hold on uh, a second, right, here's what he wants. He's got these remote workers, it sounds like, and he wants to track them to make sure they're working during their yes. billing time. Oh, is, is that is, is that what you're yes, asking us? You got it. Okay. You got okay. it. And what are they? Okay. What are they doing? Are what are they doing? Are they working online exclusively? So you'll know if. So you can track them online. Is that is that possible? Is that what they're Posting, doing? What are they doing? Viral marketing, uh, 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 putting stuff on Facebook, going to the old school blog sites, meme sites, and we still okay. use characters. Okay. So, uh, Dean, they're working online. The he wants to he wants to spy on them to make sure that they are actually on there. Okay. Do, you, do you have tools for that? Well, a couple of things. Number one, doing it without a court order would get you into trouble. Number one. Mm-hmm. Number two. There is a much simpler way to do it than that. If you go on to my SSAR page and look under, look for the word rescue Somebody's time. Somebody's making noise in the background. Somebody's it's not making noise. It's not on my end. That's the There's dude asking the question. Yeah, okay, go. keep going. So if you go keep on going. to my SSAR page, which you can find via link from the SourceCon Facebook page, look up the word rescue time. That should be a whole entire category of tools. Rescue time is a tool that basically it goes on your computer and, and lets you know how much time you're spending doing what activity on your computer. What you can do is have them put it on their computer and have them submit you um, the, the daily or weekly results of that where you can say, oh, they spent 10 hours on Facebook. Oh, they spent five hours on LinkedIn. Oh, they spent – and they'll be able to tell you – and that will how you can tell exactly how they're spending their time. Okay. Uh, that's an time. example of what you can do. But, no, you cannot spy on them without a court order. Um, unless you don't mind going to jail, in which case, do whatever you want. But I'm just saying, you can't find <laughs> okay. them without a court. I don't know about that. Wait, I don't know about that because when I was um, when I was at Deloitte, and I know my husband has it, but he works for the government. There was um, you could see who was online and for how long, and you know your dot yeah, became green about, or red. That that's different. That's just seeing who's online and for how long is not the same as seeing what they're doing online and where they're going online and how, you know, those are two different entities. Okay, so you're those talking about something that's going to actually track their activity as well as That's what he was, he was asking for somebody, okay. for a way to know exactly what they're doing, how much time on LinkedIn, how much time on Facebook, how much time where. Okay, He's not Got just it. looking to know how much time they're online. And okay, by the way, but also, Dean, Dean. Dean, Go ahead. Dean, hold Go ahead. Dean. He he could do that. He could do that without doing it in real time, couldn't he? To see if well, no, not really, because actually, what you've told us so far doesn't show activity. It just shows where they've registered, right? Or does it show act? I guess it shows every blog posting they've put up and all their activity, though, too, doesn't it? These things, these other tools you've told us, like uh, Spiderfoot and stuff like that, when it well, when it reveals. You, you could, Go ahead. You'll be able to see all the blog posts they put up and the date they went up. But the problem is with tools nowadays, I could sit there and put a blog post in a tool but say don't post for two days. So you don't know if I did it when – yeah, so no, that really doesn't work. Um, The only way to really know what they're doing is a tool like a rescue time or something like that, Mm -hmm. um, which which, uh, basically will monitor their entire activity and have them – have them print a page of the activity and send it to you. That's how, that's the only way okay. you can do it. No, for sure. But I got to do. I got deal. Okay, go. go. No, no, go ahead. Okay, I got to do an ad. I was say, Hi. Okay. No, no, you. Okay, you finish. Sorry, I thought you were finished. Go ahead. 
the reality is this. What he shouldn't be, he shouldn't be focusing on that. What he should be focusing on is the bottom line. Here's an example. You get four hours a week. I'm making ten hours a week. You only want me to make two. I'm making ten. So you know what? Does it really matter at that point? If I'm blowing the goal out, does it really matter what I'm doing? Yeah. You should be results-oriented, not time-oriented. Exactly. exactly, and that's a mistake a lot of agencies. You have to make so many phone calls and so many emails. That's the stupidest thing in the world. Okay, yeah, that's my, you're blunt. I like that. Okay, hey, everybody, Recruiting Animal here for Hire Tool, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L. Like I told you before, I saw superstar recruiter Amy Miller answer a question on Facebook about her favorite sourcing tool, and here's what she said. It's Hire Tool, hands down. I recruit engineering managers in big tech, and she does, for the biggest companies in the world. I've done it side by side. Uh, I've done comparisons between HireTool and another famous tool, a big-name brand tool. There was no contest. HireTool provided relevant results with full contact info. The other tool, not so much. Okay, So she's happy to discuss it with anybody, but there's no question which tool she prefers. I forgot. I've got Dean here. Are you still on the board, the advisory board of Hired Tool, Dean? Yes, I am. Uh, you want to say anything about it before I move on? Hired Tool is on my superset and is one of my go-to tools. That's all you need okay. to know. That's all, that's all you need to know. You can tell from uh, what we've talked about so far, Dean knows what he's, he's up to. Okay, If he likes it, so should you. Okay, uh, I've got like uh, other uh, things like snoopsnoo.com. Do you know that one? Okay, before we go through all that, can I can I just kind of put all these tool things to rest? Yeah, you go wanna, ahead. Real simple. There's a tool out there called Buscador. What is That's it? Spell all it? you need. B-U-S-C-A-D-O-R, I believe. Don't yeah. quote me on the spelling. Um, spelling is not my strong suit. When you're bilingual, spelling is definitely not something you're good at. Busco, oh, B-U-S-C-A-D-O-R. Buscador. It, it's Michael's tool. From IntelliTags. I call it the answer. And the reason why it's the answer, because it's the answer to any question you have as it relates to OSINT. So what Buscador is, is a OSINT environment that you can utilize through um, virtual machine. I explain how to do it in the book, where to get the tool. In this tool, you get Multico, Creepy, HTT. Every tool we've mentioned is in that environment, along with a Chrome browser built for OSINT, a, a um, and several other browsers built for OSINT, the Tor browser, a VPN, everything you need is in that environment. Every single OSINT tool that you really need is there. And the best part about the environment is if, you ha if something new comes out and it's not there, you can still load it there. So you have a one-stop shop for all things OSINT. So how come you it's didn't say, well, look, recruiting animal, before we get going, I'm going to give you the secret right from the start, okay? You should have told me that half an hour ago. It was more fun my way. Okay. No, I think it's more fun this way. No, I think it's more fun this way, too. Does anybody have any questions about Buscador or Buscador, whatever it is? Anybody got a question? It's Buscador, and it's an incredible tool. Uh-huh. And so, the other thing to keep in mind, I make it very clear in the book, the different levels yeah. of the web. You know, everybody hears the word deep web, dark web, surface yeah. web. Uh, one of the reasons I wrote this book is because I got so tired of hearing, so uh, the dark web is, is, is dangerous, but the deep web is safe, right? No, it's yeah. not safe. There's no place on the Internet safe. You ever heard of a goddamn virus? Good yeah. Lord. Uh, 
but there is a way to make it as safe as you can make it. And I explain uh-huh. how to do that book using using um, virtual box, uh, using VPNs, using the sandbox environment, just all these things that can make it safe as humanly possible for you to go okay. out there and play with these types of open okay. Let's talk about VPN because lots of places charge for VPN. Um, uh, what's that? Uh, Opera browser has free VPN. Is that good? Is it, and that's a virtual. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I don't use the Opera very often, but okay. there are plenty of free VPNs out there. Uh, in Chrome, there are at least a dozen free ones in the Chrome store. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Now, a VPN uh, one of the ones I use, is a virtual. One of VPN the ones makes, I use. Uh huh. Can we tell people what it is? One of the ones I used is very ingenious. It's called Free VPN. That's its name. But anyway, a VPN is a virtual private network, and basically, what it is is a. Um, it's a network of servers that are out there that uh, across multiple networks that allow you to tie in with them. And what ends up happening is your IP address gets changed to whatever that server is. So a lot of one of your vulnerabilities is your IP address. Every computer has one, and it's unique to that computer. By using a VPN, you're changing your IP address, so it's no longer. And how, how, does that help, how does that, that help you? How does that help you? Because if somebody is tracing your IP address, they can't find it because but it's what, not your why IP would they want to why would they want to trace it you're not going you're not doing anything illegal you're not recommending anything illegal why would anyone want to trace your how IP do address? you think how, so that they can oh there's his IP oh, there's his email let me send him a virus let me send him a tracking thing so I can get all his payment information off of his computer a lot of people you have their credit cards tied to their different sites and stuff they're on or to their computer um, and if they can get access to your computer they can find out what your credit card number is what a whole bunch of okay. information is that okay so then then theoretically you should be using a VPN all the time 24 hours a day 7 days a week is that right theoretically it would be good if you did but here's the here's the crux that you need to remember most internet service providers have a firewall in their system and have a or now anyway in the last 3 years some type of a VPN on the back side so that means you're less vulnerable that means your only vulnerability is from your computer to that to to the to the service provider basically that's your vulnerability for that short period of time but you're still vulnerable. Um, truth be told, most hackers and people who are trying to do nefarious things aren't targeting a single person. They're targeting a big company. Because here's the funny thing about hackers. 75% of them, they're hacking as their way of interviewing for a job. Hey, I was able to hack your system. You should hire me to make it so it's not so vulnerable. That's usually how it works. Uh-huh. You think about it. Most of these hackers that get arrested, they end up getting out and going to work for the company that they hacked. Because uh-huh. the company's like, if you can hack in here, show us how to stop it now. Uh-huh. That's how it happens. So, um, yeah, so you should theoretically use a VPN all the, all the time. Um, but but it like, slows down your browser. It slow, doesn't it slow down your browser? Don't, don't VPN it slow depends, down your browser? It, it, not necessarily. It depends on the VPN. All VPNs run a little bit differently. Okay. Some will slow down. Okay. It's, okay. It's now, like you mentioned, the, you mentioned before, there's not, but we're running out of time. You mentioned the Tor browser. That's strictly for deep deep web like uh dark web stuff right yeah. yes yes but so uh, the information everything i've read about it is you, once you're in tor you you can get attacked very easily is that is that true well you can but the tor browser but if you're doing it properly you can so as an example if i'm going to go into the tor if i'm going to go into there i am in a sandboxed environment which means it's cut off from the rest of my computer. Nothing can get from it to my computer. I'm using a VPN. I'm using a virtual machine, which means I've got, I've got as much protection as literally 
possible without being a government employee to make it harder for people to get to to get to me. And, and can you tell? Uh, can you teach an ordinary person like me in your book to do that? Is that what you do? Yes, actually, it's in the book. Okay. Yes. Great. Uh huh. Okay. And and so and so what's a, what's an OSINT browser? You mentioned that. Uh, oh, an browser. OSINT. Br- uh, well, an OSINT browser is a browser. Well, okay, it can be one of two things. One, it can be a browser designed specifically for OSINT, like the version of Chrome that's in Buscador is designed specifically for OSINT. There's nothing but OSINT tools, nothing but OSINT bookmarks. It's designed specifically for OSINT. There's nothing else in there. And because it's designed for OSINT, the v- it comes with a VPN already ready to go. It comes with everything you need to do what you want to do within the OSINT world. However, there are other environments like OSERT, which is, um, which is a intelligence gathering tool that has a OSINT the, the entire it's a browser designed for doing OSINT stuff in it and it keeps it, it, it keeps all the information you find you can put it in a nice little folder it's for investigations okay. and uh, it has the tour it has everything so there's two different kind of flavors so to speak uh, I got a question so how many more placements I, I, if you have more stories for us like the one about the guy who went to the bar uh, how many more placements are people going to – if they read your book, how many more placements are they going to make for having read it and studied it? Because it's, it's, it's obviously going to take a bit of time to try out these different tools. How many more placements mm. are they going to make a year, let's say, after reading your book? Well, that depends on them. I mean, I can't take – I don't know which one. If they use your really tools, if they, if they use if your they tools, that's fine. If they pay attention and use the tools – uh, while I can't guarantee anything, because like I said, there's too many variables, but I would venture to say they should be able to increase their productivity by at least 40% minimum. 40%? Why? Where would they get that extra 40% from this book? Well, well, let me ask you a question. You're looking for a job developer. You go on GitHub. You find a bunch of job developers, but you have no way to contact them. You use, uh, use some of the tools in the book. You find contact information. You find 10 people's contact information. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm gonna get if I contact 10 people, I'm getting nine replies. If I get nine uh-huh. replies, I'm probably going to get six people are interested. If I get six people interested, I'm making two or three hires. Okay, That's the way there's, my hold on. Wrong. There, there's, a, there's a, a tool that searches for lines of code. Right. Mm-hmm. What what's the usefulness of that? Um, the usefulness for it can be uh, isn't really so much for us as recruiters, so much as for the uh, hiring managers that are hiring developers. It allows them to look within the code quickly to see how good it is, how clean it is. It's more of an interviewing tool, um, tool than really for most recruiters can't program. For me, I can program some languages, so for me it's interesting, and I would use it to see how good they are. But if it's language, okay, it's, I don't it's know. not I'm a matter of looking over the Internet to see where, like you find a guy on GitHub, and he or she is uh, displaying some of their code, and then you do a search online to see who's used it or where it's been implemented. Is that That's not what it there, is, there, right? Well, not not the way I took your question. There are tools that can do that, but the way I took it uh-huh. is to look within the code. So let's say I have I found the guy at GitHub. He's got a repository, and there's 10,000 lines of code. I don't want to read all 10,000. I'm looking for very specific things. I can use it to search within the code for the very specific things I'm looking for to see okay, if it's written well and it's clean. That's one. The other the other thing that you're just talking about. Um, would be somebody that would just say, hey, I'm looking for someone who's written in Java um, code to um, connect the database to a mobile device, as an example. I'm making it up, so don't 
don't quote me on this, you would then be able to find people who have written code that appears to, or written a program that appears to allow a database and a mobile device to connect to each other. It all depends on what you're, how you're using and which tool you're using. Okay, One let, me, let used, me go back. Both are more for develop for developers and hiring okay, managers. Okay, we, we can pass. Workers. We can pass on on those. So, so forty uh, uh, percent. I'm blown away by by that figure. Okay. Well, you gotta it, you gotta remember if you look in the book and you go to the supersets part, that's where I list my top tools just for recruiting and sourcing. They are all OSINT tools because by definition you're bringing in free intelligence. And one of yeah. your companies that you that you are that are sponsoring you is on there. Hire tool is on that list. Uh-huh. Seekout is okay. on that list. Swordfish is on the list, and those are three of the best tools out there right now. Uh-huh. Okay. Swordfish is amazing. Hey, sword, what is Swordfish? Swordfish is a contact-finding tool, but it does more than most contact-finding tools. Not only does it find emails, but it will find you phone numbers. Not only will it find you phone numbers, it will find you landline and cell numbers. It will find you other social sites. It will find you their birthday, and it works on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, GitHub, Stack Overflow, free Google searches. You can upload a list of people and it'll find you contact information. You can put in an email like with Pipple and it will connect the email to people and bring back more information. It does a lot of stuff. It's easily right now it's easily the best um contact finding tool out there. Oh wow. That's a pure we... contact finding tool. Not a source uh -huh. tool that can find contact info. Just a pure contact finding tool. It's like ZapInfo. It... ZapInfo is probably the best scraping tool out there right now. Really? And what about IntelX.io? I-N-T-E-L-X.io. Is that a, a contact uh, finding tool as well? To be honest with you, uh, I'm drawing you don't a blank know it. on it. Oh, really? What about uh, I didn't say I don't know. I'm just saying I'm drawing a blank on it. There's a okay. difference. Okay. Well, I, I, I'm impressed that I stumped, <laughs> I stumped Dean. We, I thought we could have a show, just a game based on Stump Dean, right? By give him a, throw something out to you. Okay, so you, you can have a show now, Animal. Oh, IntelX.io. I'm looking at the IntelX freaking processors. Jesus Christ. Yeah, IntelX.io. Yeah. Well, part of the problem with all these tools is that tools change names a lot. Like, there's a tool that used to be called DeepSense. Now it's calling itself something else. And if I didn't know it changed it, I'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? Um, uh -huh. Okay, so the yes, I am familiar with IntelX, I, but I don't know it by IntelX. I know it by Intelligence. X, and it basically allows you to find information on people based on their domain, their email. It basically does a lot of what Spiderfoot does, but not, in my opinion, not quite as well. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm looking that, right at it, actually. Let's give it that, the, what is that, Buscaroo? What was the, 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 Buscador. the, the one? Buscador. 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 Yep. Buscador. You know what? I think that was a, a terrible excuse you gave that you speak two languages so you can't spell. Oh, what baloney is that? Okay. <laughs> You're it's an American. Quite, it, it, it's actually quite common. What happens is we get confused. The words aren't don't sound alike, and the way we use consonants yeah. and vowels isn't okay. the same. Sometimes okay. you make. So you got, you got six minutes left. Let's talk about recruiting. Does anyone have a question? Anybody got a question? Can you tell us another story about how we like sure, stories? Sure, I actually can. Do, once Go upon ahead. a time, not too long ago, back when I worked for Microsoft, we were trying yeah. to hire a security person that had a particular certification and a whole bunch of stuff. And there was only like four or five in the entire world. And uh, people have been trying forever to get a hold of these Ooh, people. They finally got a little information. We ended up narrowing it down to only one person that could really do it. And out of about 50 recruiters, nobody could get them to reply. So I did some research on the person, and I found out that the person was a comic book collector. 
which is interesting considering I am too. So I contacted him to talk to him about comic. I said, hey, I saw that you're a comic book collector. What do you think about this, this, this? And I started naming different things going on in the comic world, different um, storylines and stuff. He replied, and we talked. After about two or three days going back and forth, he finally said, hey, so what do you do? I go, well, I work here for this company in Microsoft, and I'm a recruiter, blah, 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 blah. He's like, oh, so you just want to recruit me? I go, no, I want to talk to you about Thor and what's going on with the second hammer and all this other stuff. And so I pushed him off because I knew if I said yes, he would probably not talk to me anymore. So I pushed him off. So we started talking. And then the next day he goes, are you sure you don't want to talk to me about, about recruiting? I go, no, I want to talk to you about – and then we were on a discharge. So about three days later, finally said, you know what, Dean? I really like you. And I've been getting a lot of people from Microsoft trying to contact me. What's going on? And I said, well, here's what I know. Uh, I know they've got this position, and I know you're one of a few people that can do it. I know they're interested in you and everything, but, uh, you know, that's what you I know. know but Dean, what do you think let me this? interrupt you. And so Dean, anyway, let me interrupt long story you. short, I, I, got him I got him hired. Yeah, okay, okay. But what does that have to do with OSINT? Is that how, did you use OSINT to find out how that he was a comic book collector or what? Yeah, how do you think I found out he was a comic book collector? I don't know. How did you find out? You didn't tell us. I did, I, did, I did some work on the Internet using different tools that I was aware of and found that he attended uh, Comic-Con three years in a row. Which you know, tools? Comic-Con if you're Which comic tools? Which tools did you use? Well, unfortunately, they're not around anymore. All three of them okay. are bye-bye. One of them yeah, – That's an interesting thing, why these tools come and go. But well, I want to finish this story to make it worthwhile. I gave you five minutes to talk about it. So, so well, hold on it, a second. It, the story is real simple. I just kept talking to him. He Eventually, he just said, hey, let's talk yeah, about this. Yeah, but how did, how did you even get here. through to him? You told us the other story an hour ago about, you know, <laughs> the guy couldn't get through to any of these people. They wouldn't answer because his email. I you just told us. I never, I never answer my email. I never answer my email. Okay, now Dean just says, oh, I, I like comic books too, when the guy's because in your I lap. Because I didn't contact I didn't contact him to talk to him about a job. I didn't say my name is so-and-so with Microsoft, and I'd like to talk to you about a job. I didn't even mention a job. I mentioned comics. I approached human nature is human nature. If you have something that means a lot to you, something that you enjoy, something that, that, that gives you joy, you are more apt to do things related to that. So if you are a comic collector, and someone contacts you wanting to talk to you about comics because you're both like comics, you're more apt to reply than somebody contacting you to talk to you about something you don't give a shit crap about. He didn't care okay. about getting a new job, but he did care about comic books. Okay, but that it's made you unique. Since, since, yeah, since you're a comic book collector, that may put you in a unique position to recruit Not the guy. Not really, because your... he did other things too. He was into soccer. I could have used soccer, but I chose comics because I know more about comics than soccer. He, Woman you, soccer? It's a matter of finding Say that again, please. That was a joke. Go ahead. It's a matter of finding it's what? A matter of fi it's a matter of finding the way to connect with that person as a human being, not as a piece of meat that you want to hire. And that's the problem most recruits have. When they write their emails, standing, hi, I'm here, I have a job for you, blah, 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 blah. People don't want that. Make it about them. Hey, I saw you're working on this project. Um... And, and everything, and it's really, really cool. I'd like to learn more about stuff like that. will get their attention a lot more than just saying, I have a job for you. People need to understand, we are now in the days where there are more jobs than people. The only way you're going to get them to reply to you is to personalize your email for them. Because so hold on. What, what, hold on a second. What you, well, give, me, give me the closer here. What do you mean, uh, I saw you're working on a certain kind of project, and tell me a bit about it. Because that's pretty transparent that you're a recruiter, and you're, you're trying to recruit them. Well, what, well, give me an example. Do you have a story about that one? I'm not sure I follow project? what you're asking. 
Okay. Well, you I, said, I don't, don't don't email the person and say, "Hey, I'm a recruiter. I wanna I wanna recruit you." Say, "Hey, I see you're working on this project, and that, that I'm interested oh, in." Oh yeah, I, I can actually do that. Several years ago, when I was working for another company, we were looking, and I can't talk too much about it. I can only talk high end, but we were looking for a particular skill to do a particular thing, and. Most people weren't putting it on the resume, so I had to do some investigating to find people that could do it by looking at develop their GitHubs and stuff like that. And once I found people that did it, I actually said, hey, my name is so-and-so. I see you're doing a lot of work on this. I'm a recruiter. I'm not looking to recruit you. I just would like to learn more about this because um, it's something that interests me. Most of the time, I'm getting people saying yes or no, one or the other. Most of the time, I'm getting yeses, and I spend time talking with them and learning about it. Inevitably human nature, we're all curious people. Well, I'm assuming if you're trying to learn about it, you guys are recruiting for it, what's going on? And that's when you get them. When they ask you about what's going on or what positions are recruiting, that's when you have them. And that's the key, to make it about them, to make it their idea to talk to you about the job, not your idea. Once you've done that, you've got them, hook, line, and sinker. And it's well, hey, you sound like a, a pickup artist, but I can't believe they fall for that line, honestly. <laughs> believe it or not, you'd be surprised, and I'm falling, I hate the word falling, but you'd be surprised. But to be quite honest with you, for me, who's a techie, tech junkie, most of the time I really am interested in knowing what they're doing. Okay, that puts, really that puts you in a special position. That puts you in a special position. You've got comic knowledge you've got tech knowledge you've got something to talk about okay um, I, I never understand well you've got to have something to talk about you got to remember that a huge portion of being a recruiter sourcing is the part of recruiting where you don't need to talk a whole lot because you're just finding people sourcing and researching but once you get after that everything is about communication the initial outreach the interviewing the bringing them into interview all that's about communication if you can't communicate then you're in pretty bad shape and if you yeah. can't read people you're in bad shape yeah yeah, I guess that describes me. And But, Dean, it doesn't describe you. And I have to say, it's been a great show. Uh, you know, come back maybe before you write your next book. I'd, I'd love to have you on again. And uh, it was great. Your book is called OSINT for Staffing. Is that right? OSINT for the Staffing World. OSINT for the Staffing World, uh, yeah. And it's coming out on August 15th. Is that right? August, August 5th. August 5th, okay, and it's going to be on Amazon, and it's fourteen yep. ninety nine American dollars. No, Was 12, that right? 9, 12, 12 <laughs> Dean DeCosta, thank you! Today I missed it. I was uh, involved in uh, trench warfare. Man, I got to tell you, I'm. Hey, animal, know. mute the person that's doing the beeping. Okay, area code two hundred three. I'm off now. I'm gonna have some lunch. What are you gonna now, have? Don't you worry about that. Just handle your. Hey, stuff. I'm not worried about it. I was seeing if you were interesting. Andy Gregory, I'm sorry to have. Yeah, no, uh, no problem. Uh, no, I understand. Uh, we have to take care of uh, housekeeping. Um, I, uh, you know, man, I. I, I Sure, the guy's a nice guy. Uh, as a guest, I'm 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 just gonna say it was it was kind of on the plainer side of vanilla, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, it really was. I mean, I, I just uh, it was. I don't I don't remember a show being more, uh, you know, wah wah. I mean, it's just you know, it's just kind of I'm, I'm indifferent.
That's what I was 